Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Well, hello. 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 Hi. Hi. What's up? Stuff. Cool. How's stuff with you? Good. Good. Yeah. Great. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something a little different this time. I'm going to actually start with the premise, oh. which I often don't do. Um, sometimes I forget to mention it entirely. What, the, what this type of podcast is about. Should we introduce ourselves? No, I want to start <laughs> with the premise. Okay. Why do you ruin all okay, my? Bet- no, actually, that's not a bad idea. Uh, I I'm Betsy Bird. I'm Kate. And uh, this is a uh, fuse eight and Kate. A podcast, uh, premise, a podcast in which we look at classic picture books and determine if they should be considered classic children's books. Um, and since I have a background in children's literature, and uh, Kate, what's your what's your background there? With the theater, the theater. Theater. Yeah. Right. Ooh, we'll have to do a theatrical picture book at some point. I'm sure I can drum one up. Sure. So... Here's the thing. Um, I want to talk to you about feedback. Uh, oh, man. No, no, but th- here's the thing. Here's what you don't know, lady. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been getting a lot of emails at our fusekate8 at gmail.com mm-hmm. email. But you know why that is? Because they've been contacting me through different forms and media. I've gotten people on Goodreads. I've gotten people through personal email, people um, doing the message thing through Facebook, uh, on Twitter, and you know why? Why? Because they will suggest books, but they don't want you to see them. Oh. Exactly. See, they're like, well, if I email this, our listeners are smarter than me. I think they're we... smarter than me too. Actually, <laughs> I'm like, why are they always? I don't understand why they keep. I just thought it was mom that listened, and that was it. Oh like, no, well, no, 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 no! At least no, we no. have one. We do have mom, <laughs> and uh, speak. Speaking of mom, I'd yes. like to offer our first correction. On this podcast okay. uh, of all time. Um, because mom went on the Facebook, which you are not on. The Facebook, yes. The Facebook, no. And uh, and said that, uh, here's, here's a direct quote. Um, she was she was promoting our, our podcast. Thanks, mom. Pro- Thank you, mom. Um, to her followers. And she said, in which my eldest daughter slanders me. And <laughs> it's a good term. It's not libel. It would be slander. It is vocal. And demonstrates that she was not a biology major. Parentheses. Hint. The problem is not that caterpillars, quote, don't make cocoons, unquote. And my youngest offers actual never-before-observations about the final, spoiler, butterfly illustration and tries to poison her sister. Um, so, uh, and then I wrote back, um, what? Because even at this point... How do you spell it? W-A-H... There was an H... Actually, there were a couple H's. Yes. Yes, that is actually how you spell T, it. T question mark? Um, the T could be exchanged for an S. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I wrote her back uh, and I was saying, what are you talking about? Because I still had not bothered to look it up. And she writes back, um, caterpillars are what make both cocoons and chrysalises. But moths come from cocoons and butterflies come from chrysalises. Also, 
I do not hate the book. I hate that mistake. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Mom doesn't hate the book. Uh, Mom Mom didn't say she liked the book, uh, but she, <laughs> she did say she did not hate it, so uh, we apologize. I apologize, because you didn't. Yeah, I didn't do anything. You didn't have anything that you had <laughs> nothing to do. That's all on me. Who the favorite um, daughter is? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? I mean, well, the one who doesn't slander her on the, the on the air. Facebook doesn't lie, right? Oh, that's true. If it's on the internet, it must be true. All the stuff on Facebook has always been one hundred percent true. You're correct. <laughs> um, yes. So there we go. Our, not that we haven't made. Uh, mistakes before, but that's the first one that I've been willing to read. And we have been getting people suggesting books. Good books. Good suggestions. Um, books that um, I could consider classics. It's a, such a freaking flexible term. Um, but yes, the, these are books that, that could be, and, and actually they've been giving me good ideas. We could do an international classic day. Let's do a classic book from England. Let's do a, do a book that's a classic in Germany. Uh, let's do a book, book that's a classic in Sweden. Um, let's do a book that's a classic in a country that's not from Europe. Ah, really, really, really hard to do. But I'm sure there's a really cool I'm so sure Japanese there's like, a, like an Australian one about dangos and koalas. There are Australian ones. Uh, oh, yes. No, I can think of them. They're all long for some reason. But yes, there are, there are Australian classics yeah, okay. we could do. All right, so that's coming up in the future. But today is not the future. Today is today. And uh, before I introduce this week's book, I have a quiz question for you. I, I already don't know the answer. No, you will <laughs> Okay, you may not know this answer, but you might. Um, what do all the books that we've done so far, what do they have in common? They're all children's books. So far, so good. Keep it going. They are... Keep it going. Written within the past mm -hmm. 56... <laughs> 7500 years. Yes, 100 years. Yes, okay, <laughs> we'll accept that, but keep it going. Keep They're it going. All by American writers? Um thinking about thinking about thinking about thinking about. No. Uh last 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 week the uh the, the Rainbow Fish was not in fact uh, an American writer. Uh, uh it's X no. No. I got it. Uh they're all white. Every last yeah. one of them. Even, uh, you know, we didn't, that's not that we have completely abandoned diversity. We, we had, uh, you know, we had Heather 2 has two mommies and, and at least the... the, the Tiki Tiki Tembo, that was not... Um, that's, the authors were and the illustrator. white and, interpretation. And it was a white lens. Uh, right. Yes, yes. Very, that was probably the whitest book in some ways that we have done so far. I thought... Maybe we shouldn't be doing that no more. And yeah, uh, but idea. here's the problem. So when people are talking about like the canon of anything, they mean the white people of yes. of literature. Like let's have the, like look at any. And this is not true anymore. But certainly when I was in high school, the summer reading list or or any school, it was always like you know the jungle, uh, you know Great Gatsby, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Look, we're talking about black people, but we're not it's not written by them. Yeah, so, you know, I was trying to think of, okay, so we want, so historically in children's literature, black and uh, Asian American and Hispanic, uh, Hispanic and uh, Native American slash American Indians um, that would create children's books, but they wouldn't get well publicized or they wouldn't get, you know, seen because they were self-published because the major publishers would not publish them at all. But um, that is not always true. And there are exceptions to every rule. And 
I wanted to do one particular creator. Um, and I don't know why I wanted to do him. I just really did. So, so I don't know if you'll know this, but because did you watch Reading Rainbow as a child? Yes. Okay. See, that's a problem. Butterfly in the sky. Mm. See, I don't remember any of the had, books on the show. Are you sure? You may, you may not, because I don't remember the. Apparently, this book was a Reading Rainbow book. I have no memory of that, and I watched a lot of Reading Rainbow. I can go twice as high. Yeah, that thing. So I'm I gonna even have a T-shirt that says. Do you? Yeah. Aww. Yeah. When we do a live show, you'll have to read that. Wear that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we take out a whole theater and right. fill the seats with our enormous amounts of fans. Yeah, we should uh, probably interview someone famous so that people actually come then. <laughs> uh, when we get Mo Willems, when, when we unearth Shell Silverstein from the grave and speak him onto his state. Actually, now it occurs to me, uh, our, let's see, this week he's our, um, our digital prophet and progressive strategist, uh, Drew Atienza. He, he does make holograms. He does make he holograms. He could make a Shell Silverstein hologram and we could interview him. That would be... This plan could not fail. He's not here to say it can't be done, which means it can be done. I mean, it's going to cost a couple bucks. Uh, I will I will say that. Well, I got a couple bucks. Okay. Yeah. I see no possible reason this can't happen. And if it needs a couple bucks, I'm sure listeners who would love to see us interview Shel Silverstein live on stage would be more than willing to shell out a buck or two yeah. to, uh, to yeah. make that happen. Well, he'll get right on that. All right. Excellent. It's a plan. All right. So this week's book... Drum roll, please. Have you ever seen this book? No. Okay. So this is Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters, uh, colon, an African tale, uh, by John Stafford. Oh, and I didn't even realize this, but there is a little reading rainbow book sticker thingy, which you know is there to appeal to the parents who grew up with reading rainbow now. It's very clever. It's very If LeVar Burton puts his literal seal of approval on a book... It's gold. Yeah. If LeVar Burton does anything, I mean, LeVar Burton should really, he, he doesn't abuse his power, man. but he should abuse his power. Yeah. He really should. Because all I get in kids to read thing, that's great. Abuse your power, LeVar. You know what I'd Do like more. to see is LeVar Burton and Bill Nye the Science Guy come together. <gasps> and have it be like a book Lanai. science. <laughs> Lanai <laughs> Bilton. <laughs> The book science guy. The book science. Well, hey, we need a proponent of children's science books, so. But if it was yeah. a woman, that'd be better. Like a like a female. STEM. I'm sorry, Bill Nye is uh, who wait, Bill Bill Barr. I'm no. What did I say before? Oh, I've lost it. I've lost it. It's okay. Was it, it Lanai? Lanai. Lanai is a girl's name. It wasn't meant to be. All right, fine. But this book, um, so. You, you you have no cultural associations with this book whatsoever. Nope. Okay, because it has been turned into plays. Uh, it was a Reading Rainbow book. Uh, it won. You can see shiny sticker. That's a. Is that the one where the librarians choose whether it's good or not? Yes, that that is, and it's still we have still. I don't think we've done a single gold yet. Uh, but this is a silver one. That's, are there penises in this book? There are. Let me check. <laughs> There are that's, no that penises. Be, that should be a prerequisite for every book. No penis. <laughs> I, I have bad news. Aww. Um, though I though I will say, I once gave uh, Newberry to a book uh, that involved a scrotum, on oh. the very first page, 
And uh, oh, wow. and that's going to come up again in this podcast a little later. Uh, we'll, we'll see why. Okay. But uh, yes, yeah, so I need you to take this book and I need you to read this book right now. Will it? All right. Now, for those of you uh, who like the quiz portion of this show, yeah, what the hey? Let's, uh, let's do a little quiz portion here. So this book, as you heard, was by John Steptoe. John Steptoe uh, was sort of brought into the world of children's literature by the great and powerful editor Ursula Nordstrom. Ursula Nordstrom met John at what age? That is your quiz question of the day. Answer that one correctly, and uh, I'll read your name online. Which is say on the podcast. I get very confused. And we're back. And you finished the book. I have. And I need you to read the description, but here's the tricky thing. Doing it in a voice would be difficult. Because it would be a comment on the book in some way. No matter what voice I ask you to do, it would be weird. I couldn't come up with one that wasn't weird. So I need you to do this in your voice. Uh, okay. Yes. Mufaro had two daughters, the bad-tempered Manyara and the loving Nayasha, who must pass a series of tests in order for one of them to be considered a beautiful and worthy wife for the great king. Fiercely competitive, Manyara taunts Nayasha with threats of becoming a servant once Manyara is made queen. Nayasha doesn't complain to her father about her sister's ill will, but merely tends to her garden where she befriends a little garden snake, Nayoka. Nayoka replaces the traditional fairy godmother and is able to transform into a hungry lost boy and an old woman. As Manyara and Nayasha journey to meet with the great king, they are each tested by Nayoka in his various disguises. Not surprisingly, Manyara's responses are selfish and bitter, while Nayasha's are polite and thoughtful. In a surprise ending, Nayoka is revealed to be the great king himself. Very good. All right, what did you think? Lots of things. Okay, let's talk about the things. Uh, one, the illustrations, I would say, are the most beautiful that I've seen of all the books that you've shown me thus far. Ooh, take that, Eric Carl. You just got bested by John Steptoe. Yeah. Yep, these, they are gorgeous. These are very pretty. Yeah. The, um, the girls, the twin girls, are John Steptoe's daughter. I heard recently at a conference, someone told me this story, and I don't have any confirmation whether it's true or not, but I like it so much, I'm just going to assume it is, that his daughter was at school, um, and she, or her and dad, her, no, her dad told her, after school, come to the park. And she was like, okay. And she comes to the park, and he's there, and he's got this, like, cloth, and he drapes it over, and he's like, okay, now look sad. Now look angry. Now do this, do that. And he took a lot of photos of her. And she didn't know why. And then much later, this book comes out and she's like, oh, that's nice. why I was supposed to. So they're both modeled on his daughter. So they're the same girl, which is funny because I, I often think that they don't actually look that much alike. Um, but they are. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, there was a quote where uh Minyara says i'm certain that father loves you best but when i'm queen everyone will know that your silly kindness is only weakness 
and I immediately thought of two people, mm-hmm. Oprah and Ellen generous <laughs> two women who are known for being like the kindest women ever mm-hmm. and they are certainly not the weakest women I mean, correct they're both yes. powerful rich right women who are incredibly kind so i i don't know why but kindness those... is often mistaken for weakness yeah yeah but those are two examples where that is not the case mm-hmm. um Another thing, <laughs> when I saw the little boy, yeah, I was like, Manyara, that little kid's ears are a little off. They're Do a you bit. Not, I mean, I get it's dark. Maybe she didn't see his ears. Maybe they're pretty well lit from the side. That's for sure. Um, yeah, maybe she. Well, it's if it's in the dark, you're not really going to be paying attention to the kid's ears. Right. They don't even mention the ears in the text. They just say she met a little boy. Yeah. And then you get these. You can definitely Vulcan-esque, uh, or elf elfish, ears. Yeah, yeah, they're very elfish, yeah. There are people who have surgery to have ears that look like that. I don't know if that is based on his son Javaka Steptoe. If she's based on his daughter, is that his son? I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. If anyone does know, uh, please email us at fusekate8 at gmail.com to let us know. Um, I was a little disappointed mm-hmm. that... The moral of the story was, if you are kind, you will get to marry a man. <laughs> yes. Yes. If, I would like to delve into that a little bit. Uh, so that was disappointing. And then finally, <laughs> and you're, you're not going to like this because it's about please, the last page. Please don't be about the last page. <laughs> it's about the last page. Can it be page. about like any other page? No, the it's the last page. No, seriously. Because, there's no words on that page. But look at this bird. It's the smarmiest. Oh, that's a word now. It's The bird's kind of like... Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say that was a kookaburra, but that is not a kookaburra. I don't know what that bird is. You know what kind of bird that is? What kind of bird is that? It's a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now, every time you look at the last page of this book, yeah. you're just going to look at this bird and you're like, there's three birds. There are you, birds. There's only one bird that you look at it and it goes, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Oh, that's a good last page thing. So yeah, let's talk about... Okay, so this book has two things that kind of possibly uh, could be considered problems that weren't problems necessarily when it came out, but now here in the 21st century could be determined as problems. Um, And the first one was the one that you talked about. It's, It's... it's set up like a folk tale, like a fairy tale, and traditionally, Cinderella, you know, yep, in European, in, in, yeah, in the so European I, fairy tales, it's you, you, you marries the guy, and you gets the happy life. And that's life. what makes you happy. And yes. that's what makes you happy. And that, that's not, uh, that's not limited to Europe. I mean, that's certainly every culture that has tales. That is often what the happy ending is for the woman. Um, not always, but often. And this is an original folktale. It's not really based on uh, a specific one, though he did do a ton of research for it, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to read this today when we have just loads of feminist counter-fairy tales where, you know, even when, you know, this was coming out, we had Paper Bag Princess and things, yeah, but it's trying to feel like a classic to a certain extent. Like like something that kids would already be familiar with, having, 
you know, having watched their Cinderella and all that. Yeah, it's very Cinderella-esque. It's like, very Cinderella-esque, yeah. kind and sweet to animals, you will marry yeah. evil royalty. sister. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The kindness translates later to, and the generosity translates it's to something about life. talking to animals. I don't know why that's a thing in fairy tales. <laughs> and this is remarkable because the animal doesn't really talk back until the end. Right. So she's talking to a snake, but the snake's not giving her anything back. It's a snake. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> the snake's not singing to her. She's not singing to the snake, as far she's as I know. Not, no, she does sing. Oh, she does sing to the snake? Yeah. Well, I mean, How she... is this not turned into a Disney movie? This is so perfect for him, but not anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just something you kind of have to contend with. I would be, I would love to see a staged production of this, just to see how they do the ending. Because one thing I always notice with the ending is, like, the whole time the mean sister's staying the nice sister, you're going to be a servant in my home and I'm going to be queen... And at the end, the nice sister is queen, even though she has said throughout the book that she would rather just live in her village with her dad. Uh-huh. That, but she's like, all right, well, I get, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And then she, her mean sister ends up as a servant. Yeah. And I'm like, well, was but she just pretending to be nice to that girl the whole time? That might not have been her decision. That's true. Oh, that's true. It could have been the king who yeah, said, that could be the king. punishment for yeah, being... Yeah, for laughing at the trees. Yeah. Never laugh for at it. the trees, Kate. Don't laugh at those trees. You know, it did make me feel bad about not, like, giving more to those who ask for it. You know, like... Yes. Living in a big city and you always see homeless people who ask for money or food or something. Now I'm like, well, dang it, I gotta do it. There's a, all the time, or I'm going to be yeah. punished by a five-headed snake. <laughs> well, you never know. There's a Louis C.K. bit this actually reminds me of, which is a random thing to say, but there's a Louis C.K. bit that he does about how a friend of his who did not live in a big city came and visited him, and they pass a, a homeless man on the street who you know, asks him for money, and she's like, oh my God, this poor man, we've got to get him to the hospital. He's And, and he's dragging her away, and he's like, no, 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 we, we, we don't do this. She's like, but he... Doesn't he need help? He's like, yes, he desperately needs your help, and we cannot help him at all. And it's, I, I often think about that. I'm like, yeah, these people desperately need your help, but, you know, but we, do, we, we just can't. Yeah, I got, I got work to get to today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, it is a nice lesson of trying to do your part to mm-hmm. be nice. Yeah. Just be nice to someone every day, if yes. you can. Someone that you're not related to, mm-hmm. maybe not even someone you know. Yeah. Just be be kind. Thanks, Ellen. <laughs> there is a there is a phrase uh, associated with a children's book called "choose kind," um, which has become quite the phrase uh, right now. But that tends to relate to bullying. Um, but yeah, kindness is not limited to a single situation. Yeah. Yes. So the other thing that this book gets into tricky territory with um, is its subtitle, an African folktale. It does not credit a specific region, but of course he made it up. But he was inspired by real folktales. So on his website, because um, his, his, uh, he has a website, um, though he is no longer with us, um, there, it, it says this about the book. Um, While all of Mr. Steptoe's work deals with aspects of the African-American experience, Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters was acknowledged by reviewers and critics as a breakthrough. Based on an African tale recorded in the 19th century, so there you go, there was one that it was based on, it required Mr. Steptoe for the first time to research African history and culture. Awakening his pride in his African ancestry, Mr. Steptoe hoped that his books would lead children, especially African-American children, to feel pride in their origins and in who they are. 
Um, and then he has a great quote because this book did win uh, a Boston Globe Hornbook Award for illustration. If, even if it didn't win the actual um, Caldecott Medal, it did win that. And he said, I am not an exception to the rule among my race of people. I am the rule. By that I mean there are a great many others like me where I come from. So he did base it on a real folktale, but he doesn't say a specific African country. And we have a real problem in this country with just being like, Africa, mm-hmm. it's a country. Yeah. Africa's great. <laughs> the whole thing is exactly the same. We all know it's Africa. It's not a continent, it's a country. It's a country. So makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and, you know, this is very much a African pride, you know. Yeah, and he says getting back to your roots and things like that. But he doesn't specify where it is. And these days, that's tricky. Because we really like, if you have a folktale, even if it's based on another folktale, just say where it is. It's just, you know, which what country is it? it? It just clarifies things. And it doesn't make it seem like, this is Africa. It all looks like this. Yeah. Um, it's really hard re- researching this book. <laughs> there is not a lot out there on it. Um, there are a couple but generally speaking, John Steptoe, even though he is sort of considered one of the great African American um, creators, one of the one of the first to a certain extent. I mean, he's right up there with. I'm just going to name some names: Julius Lester, Walter Dean Myers, Nikki Giovanni, Ashley Bryan, Jan Spivey Gilchrist, uh, Leo Dillon, Jerry Pinkney. Um, he's considered one of the greats. Um, Unfortunately, he died young, uh, and he started young, but he died when he was 38, um, and uh, yet created a ton of... uh, He had This is not his only honor. He got an honor for the story of Jumping Mouse in 1985. This book came out in 1988. How how old were you in 1988? Four. Well, be damned. So you were. Yep. For some reason, I was like, no, she was older than that. Nope. I was like, oh, no, you were 10. No. Oh, that was me. Yeah. I was born in 1978. Yeah. Ah. I do that all the time. You're the older sister. I'm the older sister. I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, we'll just have to spell that one out. (laughs) Uh, This book um, did not win the Caldecott Award that went to Owl Moon. Wait, what is... It's got, to be it got the honor, so it's like second place. Oh, so you get a medal whether you win or you're a nominee? You There are no nominees. Um, any picture book can win, but they're all as long as they have an American illustrator, and it's not hasn't been published before, um, there's all these little, little tiny rules, but there can, there's always one winner, and then there can be any number of honors. Gotcha. There was one honor this year, that book. So Al Moon was the winner, and this was the only honor. This book? That book. This year? That year. Oh, that year. That year. No, oh, okay. not this year. I was going to say. But funny you should mention this year. Uh, this year, the last winner was by Javaka Steptoe. His son just won Aww. the award. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that a good happy ending? Yay. It was for uh, Radiant Child, the story of young artist Jean-Michel Basquiat. It was a Basquiat picture book. On the ca- and it's gorgeous. It is amazing. And yeah, his son had been making picture books for years, but he oh, made this awesome. book. And yeah, so yay. And 
there was some here. Let's see. Oh, great. I, I, want, I had a fun fact about the year that this won uh, the award. Okay, so this wins the honor in 1988. You know who was on the committee because there's like a list of all the committee members. One of the committee members was named uh, Susan H. Patrone. She would go on later to win her own Newbery Medal for the Higher Power of Lucky. The Higher Power of Lucky. Follow me here. The Higher Power of Lucky. Like six degrees of bacon here. Like. As a scrotum on the first page, I gave Susan Patron the Newbery Award for the Higher Power of Lucky. It all comes together. What is it with you? And, like, I'm moving like. And testicles and. I'm moving. It's like the thing. It's like my thing, man. It's my thing. thing. Okay. New York Times. Uh, had a whole article about the the fact it was the scrotum book. Really? It was a dog scrotum. It was fine. Oh, a he dog. got he got bit by a rattlesnake. These things happen. <sighs> it's okay. You don't have to justify this dog's testicle. It's I'm fine. just saying there's a reason that these keep coming up. On let's this get back podcast. to the book, shall we? <laughs> okay, let's get back to the book. Um, these days there is an award in his honor called the John Steptoe New Talent Award, uh, which is given to a new um, a new author or illustrator of children's books uh, by the Coretta Scott King Task Force, which is such a cool name for them. This is, this, the Coretta Scott King Award is a big award in children's books, but I just love that it has a task force. I want there to be a Betsy Bird task force someday. That doesn't really sound intimidating in really? any way, shape, or form. Oh, because my name's Betsy Bird. Exactly. I do it with your name. With a cat... Ramsey. No, the Kate Ramsey. No, keep going longer name. Catherine That's Ramsey. That's it. The Catherine Ramsey Task Force. It doesn't. No. Nah. For some reason, Coretta Scott King it just sounds better. Yeah. The Coretta Scott King Task Force. Well, first of all, she's got a powerful last name. She really does. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to top. Yeah. Like, and, and having the three names helps too. Oh, we don't have three names. Yeah. <sighs> oh well. So much for that task force idea. Wait, I want to be Catherine Danger Ramsey oh, Task Force. Yeah. Now I'm more interested in this task <laughs> right? force. Now I want to see now what this task force powerful. would do. <laughs> now we Sounds need to like you will get things done. Now we need to find some tasks <laughs> and force them, <laughs> as is my understanding. So yes, so I'm I'm glad we were. I was able to bring you a beautiful book uh, at long last. Um, because it, it really is, and I, sh I debated bringing his other books for you to see because his style changed so much between books. Um, so very, very, very much. Uh, you know, he would use thick paints and almost like an impressionistic style in some things, and then he would do these very delicate lines in the other things. So, yeah, so rating, ratings, ratings. What, on the scale of one to ten, with ten being the most classic classic, of the world, and one being, I wouldn't give this to a child. Uh, where would you put this? Uh, so it's difficult because you compare it to, say, for example, Disney, where mm. most of the, you know, any Disney movie you can really pop on and you're going to teach your kids. If you, like, princesses are great, mm -hmm. marry a man, mm -hmm. and you'll be happily happy for the rest of your life. A rich man. A royalty. Usually. Really. Well, actually, not always. I guess Ella, I mean, Aladdin is not. The classic Disney. Yeah, but he becomes... He marries into He marries royalty. into royalty. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I don't like that aspect. Yeah. Um, but I like 
I like the drawings. Mm. I like the message of being kind. Mm-hmm. And I like the yeah bird. So I'm gonna. I would have to say, based on that, while I don't agree with the the message that it's trying to say, I'm gonna focus more on the kindness message and say a seven. Okay. And I'm gonna say the writing is very good. It is long. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband, because as per usual, my children always steal these books out of my bag. Um, and my daughter wanted it to be read, and, and my son, who was three, didn't have the patience for it, but no three-year-old would. Yeah, I think it's this a is lot the of, longest book that you've It is the yet. longest book. It yeah. is, it was the wordiest. I would not say that there are any words out of place. I think that's, it's the right amount of words, um, for the kind of folktale that it is. And so, and I say folktale, even though I know technically some people would say, oh, it's not, it's based on a folktale, but it's not actually a folktale because it's original, but that's semantics. So... I would say, um, based on just how good the writing is, just how good the art is, and then of course, yes, it has the princess problem and it has the just Africa rather than right. anything specific. Um, but I'm I'm actually gonna go pretty high on it. I think I'm gonna go higher than you. I think I'm gonna go eight point five. Okay. Which is sort of my go-to. I think I've done eight point five on books before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very comfortable. It it would be higher, but. But it's got these yeah. lingering problems that make it more difficult to read to kids today. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, it was, when it came out in the 80s, you know, it would have been, it was, it was, it was revolutionary to a certain extent. Um, but aging wise, it's not aging as well as it could. So are we calling this a classic then? I would say yes. I say it is a okay. classic. It's a classic with caveats. Classic with caveats. Classic with caveats. Ta-da! <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> mm. Now we come to that part of the podcast. Grown-up things we like. Uh, why don't you start? Okay. What's a grown-up thing you like? So I recently discovered there is a animation done by two students uh, from the Ringling College of Art and Design named Beth David and Esteban Bravo. It started as a Kickstarter so that they could raise the funds to make this animated film. It's about three minutes long. And they asked for $3,000. or three thousand They got over $14,000. Um, and they made this film. It's, it's kind of the same animation like a Pixar film. Um, and it's called In a Heartbeat. And it's gotten so popular. Um, last I checked, it had at least 7 million views. Um, the Human Rights Campaign, People Magazine, NBC News have jumped on this because it's the story of um, two boys, probably high school or college age, and one of them has a crush on the other and is essentially in the closet. He likes this boy from afar, but he's too afraid to confront the boy. So, <laughs> so the shy boy's heart literally jumps out of his chest and chases after this boy and it's and it's tugs at every single heartstring it's funny and it's sweet and it's sad at times and it's beautifully done so if you get a chance jump on youtube type in in a heartbeat and enjoy three minutes of a lovely short film that should be made into a feature film (laughs) that's excellent i think i heard that mentioned somewhere i don't remember where but i remember in my meanderings on the internet yeah i did see that somewhere oh very cool you know, we, we call this segment uh, Grown Up Things We Like, and like is a, is a variable term. 
Um, this is something that, it's a grown-up thing that I haven't been able to get out of my head. Um, and I found wildly disturbing, but important. Yeah, I know, you're giving me that look like, don't say it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I enjoy many a, many a fine podcast. And one of the fine podcasts I enjoy is uh, Radiolab, um, which many times talks about, um, it may, it's basically science for English majors most of the time. Um, but they do go off on their little caveats, and they did a thing on, you know, they'll, they'll do politics a lot, which I don't particularly usually, usually care for. But they had a recent one called Breaking News. And on the Breaking News was, basically the Breaking News is that in two different instances, people have found a way to edit um, what people say audibly. Um, you can you can actually type in a word and it will replace in that person's voice that person will say that word in a recording from the past. Basically you can edit audible recordings from the past easily. Now this is not wild widely like available yet, but it's particularly terrifying because there is a different technology which is making it easier to edit facial expressions and mouth movements on old videos as well. And when these two things are paired together, you can make a fake video that looks shockingly real for not a lot of money. And what this means is, it, you know, the technology is not completely there yet, but it is clearly getting there. So what this means is, in the not too far future, fake news is going to take a huge leap into fake videos of people saying things they never said, you know, being heard, you know, doing things they never did, and we're going to have to all become much more savvy in terms of what we believe that we see online, or even on the news. And these things can be figured out and, and, and caught, but of course, in the internet, on the online world, people hear something and, uh, and instantly it becomes, you know, uh, believed. Right. So that's have how fake news works. Have you ever seen the TV show Black Mirror? No, I've heard about it though. It's, it takes technology into the future and what it could mean mm -hmm. to us as a society. And it sounds like this could easily be an episode on that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easily. And it's, um, it's a terrifying podcast episode, but I highly recommend, uh, that you hear it. It is both somewhat comforting just in terms of the fact that these things can be detected and we're not there yet but they created a fake video of barack obama um and it's not perfect but it's getting it's clearly on the path getting there um and so yes if you i, I highly recommend you hear it okay okay and that uh comes to the end of our episode so Thanks for, uh -oh. thanks for doing this with me, buddy. Yeah, no problem, little, little buddy. Little, little pal. Buddy old pal, old friend. Buddy old pal, old friend. Alright. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8, that's Fuse and 8, E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Gibbons-Kime, and our digital prophet and progressive strategist is Drew Atienza. 
Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.